if I did say fucking all the time, we would have to have one of those explicit content E's next to our show in the <laughs> iTunes store. Do we have I, one I, of those? Give us more yeah, we are, we, are, I, we are rated explicit because we oh do my occasionally God. drop the F-bomb. Well, I'm going to drop it way more fucking often. <laughs> Whoa. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. No verdict too controversial, no personality too big, and no topic too random. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the podcast where we select a topic at random and have a vivacious debate on the subject, after which we deliver verdicts. Joining me in this grandiose effort is the one and only... Michael Hodgins. Michael, hello. Hello, Bo, and hello, listeners. Uh, also joining us today, as always, the ineffable Crofton Steers. Crofton, how's it hanging? Hey, Bo and Mike. It's hanging quite well. I'm doing quite well, actually. Uh, how are you fellows today? Also good? I'm doing fantastic. It's a snowy Thursday evening. I gotta say that I've been really happy because the snow is finally that right intensity here in Canada where um you know everything feels like it's blanketed and and, and you know there's the sounds of the city are, are like are way more matte and less echoey you know like there's just this nice feeling right now uh with the snow everywhere and a lot of christmas lights up so pretty fantastic mike how are you doing good i'm also happy about the snow you know i can't stand a green a green christmas i i feel like Without the snow, it's just not the same, at least in this country. <clears throat> so, And so often we, like, lately, in the past, like, decade anyways, we always flirt with the green Christmas. <laughs> so I was like, and I thought we were maybe going to get one this year. So it was really nice to see the blank of snow. And I love snow, so it, make, it puts me in a good mood just just to begin with. Yeah, uh, I, I, like, uh, I like the beginning of winter, that sort of intro phase where you're like, everything is so crisp and beautiful before the cars turn all the snow to garbage shit. Um, and, and you see the sky overcast and like dirty snow everywhere, what I call later winter. Beginning winter is all beautiful and pristine and I, I, I can appreciate. Yeah, no, the, uh, the winter's fantastic. So, uh, you know, snow's coming in. Are you guys ready to debate a topic? I think I am because you you know what what they say if you're talking about the weather you don't have anything to talk about. Well, right? actually, so we just, just get to a topic. Just before we do, because one thing is that we fuel this random topic generator on topics, uh, and I've started to think in about topics as I walk around every day, and I've been putting the, I've been writing on my phone a list of like comedic topics, and I realized that I could pretty much put together a sitcom with a lot of these, and I'm wondering like what to do with them eventually, but whenever I have a funny thought that goes through my head now, I try to write it down. Uh, if you guys or the listeners have any idea what I should do with these funny ideas, if I should stick them on the website or just keep them to myself, let me know, but uh, the list is getting not long, but Hey, that would be pretty starting. cool is if we actually went to, say, like, I don't know, CBC or CTV and pitched a show about three podcasters that made a podcast with, uh, you know, very few listeners and their various misadventures. Is that is that resonating well, with you? 
it's not exactly my list is about sort of day-to-day stuff that i think of or see when go by and think hey this would be a funny scenario and sometimes when you're hanging out with a a pal you'll say hey wouldn't it be funny if or whatever but my yeah i'm coming up with a couple of funny uh funny things i just don't know what to do with them maybe you should go to an open mic night at uh stand-up comedy club and uh practice uh I've been crippling people laugh. See if, see, if, <laughs> see if the material works. You know, my yeah. crippling fear of failure would get in the way of that. It's like, all right. So the first, I'm going to do pitches for you guys tonight. <laughs> but here's the thing: you go to those. If you go to a comedy club, you have already on your side because people have already lubricated their their brains with beer, and they're expecting to laugh. So really, you have to really suck to to not do well at the comedy club. I, you know, I guess that's true. I I commend people who do that, do the open mic and stuff. And stand-up comedians in general, it just seems like it is pretty intimidating and I I have no problems with public speaking and stuff, but it just seems like that would be, you know, that would take a pair if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so speaking of pairs, let's uh let's uh, get some random topic going, Mike. <laughs> I think it takes a real pair to pull that random topic generator joke. Yeah. Uh, the, t- the topic today uh, is capitalism. I'm almost <laughs> sad it's capitalism because I'm kind of tired today and this is something I'm often railing about. <laughs> I feel like I won't have my full, you know, I don't know. But uh, Yeah, it feels like this is a, a momentous one for Mike Hodgins, uh, who is, as we know, being very prone to putting on his socialist hat. <laughs> uh, and and so I feel like this is his this is his moment. Now socialism would be another big moment for Mike Hodgins, but for some reason I feel like this is the time where <laughs> well, he has I, the to thing is, I say it's funny because I say so socialist hat, but I think really what I'm talking about is like social democracy because actual socialism in the way that it as an economic system I'm not really in favor of because it's Anyways, we don't need to talk about socialism. <laughs> we could at another time. But I do still have major issues with capitalism. And I guess to define it, um, we, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's an economic system essentially based on free markets or, in theory, free markets. So that the market, um, if you have commodities or currency or things like that, um, Capitalism is a way that value is added to those things or that we know what the value of said thing is. An exchange of goods, services, et cetera, um, is, uh, is sort of how, uh, how capitalism works. And um, do you guys have anything to add to this? I'm, I'm not doing a great job. It's a kind of complex thing to define right off. It, it, it is it, like at, at, the, at its core, it's about, it's about private property – personal um, private property both in terms of you know houses and stuff and and items the exchanging of money for for uh, goods and services and the idea that that um, that you various people can make a, a different amounts of money uh, in 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 how they I guess perform in society and I don't want to say giving back to society because that's definitely not true. 
Uh, some people can make a lot of money doing a lot of inane things, but you 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 make currency um, and you then can use it. Uh, it allows people to become wealthy, uh, and it it has the side effect of having people be be poor as well. Instead of having an equal distribution of uh, of wealth, um, wealth is sort of you could argue. Uh, that wealth is distributed by merit, uh, being being that some you'd be wrong about that. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, but you, in the current system, right? I, I think another way maybe to to help frame it, we, we and just because we touch touched briefly on, uh, and I think this is an interesting point. I only learned more recently on socialism and why it's often capitalism versus socialism, and just and that key difference, which I think comes back to markets as one of the key things in uh, in capitalism, is that in socialism the market is essentially controlled by the state. So the state says, you know, X good is worth X amount, and production should be at X amount. That so so it's all controlled by the state. Uh, and value is decided almost arbitrarily by the state, whereas in capitalism, uh, the very base economic system of it, um, markets decide what something is valued at. So right now, for an example, like oil is dropping, right, because production has gone up. So, uh, so it, you know, they always talk supply and demand. So the, so the supply of oil has gone up. And uh, because of that, the, then the demand goes down because the, 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 there's a glut of the of the commodity on the market, so people will, are paying less for it, and so th- so therefore the market has dictated the value of oil, and that's why it drops. And I think what's always attached, as Crofton rightly pointed out, is the ability of people with who have access to capital to begin with to profit heavily by this system. In 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 in, in essence. See, using markets or being aware of markets to put money in the right places at the right time and draw profit and yeah. things like that. There, I'm quite sure that there's a lot in this sort of. It's like you know, you think of capitalism, and there's a lot that goes into that that pot in terms of in terms of conversation and concepts. You talk about supply and demand. You talk about you know the valuation of goods and services and these things. And to me, like the most fundamental thing about capitalism is that it's it, it's really derives on ownership um you know like like you know as someone who was like let's say very positively engaged in capitalism you know my efforts are going to be to accumulate capitalism because capital uh, capital um you know in the form of assets in the form of commodities in the form of of money like ious are what you use to leverage um, your buying power so that you can, you know, essentially create systems to accumulate more. Like it's a self-perpetuating goal where your goal is never to acquire, to, to you know, to like to have less capital. It's that you're trying to accumulate more capital and then thus doing, I mean, it translates into power. And I think, I think when you talk about where it's problematic is that in a system like this where everyone's behaving like a vacuum cleaner, um, that distribution goes to those most effective systems. And I think that a large part of what we experience today is that these systems are so complex and we're so invested in their success, even even the co- country's welfare is in, invested in the success of business, that it's very hard to see the forest from the trees and see what's going on because I think at the end of the day, 
we just we want to be taken care of you know we want to have good health care we want to have a safe city we want to have access to the goods and services we need to have a, a quality of life and what we don't want to trade that in um you know we don't want to trade in power uh for that like the cost might actually be too high in terms of giving away our our, our, our power that way to certain groups so uh, Bo touched on something uh, with regards to comfort there, and I, I, I think this is a fair point to mention, which is that we live, the three of us live in, in Canada, which is a, you know, a, a, a country based on capitalism, not necessarily to the same degree the United States are, is, but but the idea that this is the only system that we have ever lived in and we have ever known, and I think the three of us would agree that we pretty much have pretty good lives and uh and, and that that could be directly attributed to you know the system in which we live as well as our parents and that sort of thing um also we live in a, a country that has uh been on i don't want on one side of history let's let's face it like there was the cold war between um two giant superpowers, the United States and the Soviet Union, both of which represented uh, different ideals. One was uh, democracy and capitalism, and the other uh, socialism, communism, and that sort of thing. So the way that we have been fed sort of images of, of how socialist uh, countries work or communist countries work, our whole lives has generally been um, that they don't for for lack of a better term, you have maybe countries like the Netherlands that are very, uh, or, or Norway that are very have a lot of social democratic uh, features, but are, are really still part of like the worldwide uh, capitalist uh, society. And I and honestly, I think that that capitalism is one of those things that that sort of creeps everywhere, and that in the in the end. Um, like uh, Russia, there's there's talks now of it, like moving Putin trying to capture the glory days of the of um, of the Soviet Empire. But it's really hard to isolate yourself from capitalism now. Capitalism is everywhere, uh, and and I find I I don't know what if that says that it's a good thing, but it feels like it's now become a necessary thing. I don't understand how you could how the world could possibly move away from it. Well, it's interesting because it, it comes down to that it's it's an extremely useful economic model. Like, it, <clears throat> so our we owe our modern society to to capitalism. Like that's it, it's sort of like it's tied to growth so much so that in the past few hundred years, the amount of change that we've seen could only really have been done through growth-based capitalism. Um, It's kind of like an engine that once it gets started just keeps revving higher and higher. Uh, It's super effective. Um, You can take capital, you can go into the world, do something with that capital, generate profit, reinvest that profit, and on and on. So it's a very useful tool to, 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 to build societies, to build cultures. And I think it had its place, uh, has its place still. As you say, Croft, it's everywhere and it's only growing. 
my issue and why I said early on I'm often railing about capitalism is sometimes things are almost too successful for their own good. So right now, you know, some of the major issues that we're dealing with in the world are things like poverty, wealth inequality, climate change, um, sort of uh, ecosystem destruction, uh, ocean destruction, all this type of stuff. And that unfortunately, cap capitalism, as useful as it has been to create our kind of modern complex um, society, is also driving those things forward faster than they can handle it. So um, we we can't, you know, addressing climate change, all the projections projections we're not going to meet our targets because it's like we can't get rid of growth. We're so attached to to growth and capital and profits and everyone has their investments and they need to get the return on investments. It's like we're in this cycle and that's just how capitalism works. So as useful an economic system as it, as it has been and as it continues to be, it also inherently forces us into problems that are systemically almost impossible to deal with. So it's one of those things I always throw my hands up in the air when I talk about it because it's like unless you have some kind of revolution and change things and going back to when we talked about socialism where the state dictates everything, it just doesn't really work. It didn't really work that well um, in Soviet Russia and in, in other places. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You, you need this thing, but yet it forces us, forces all these problems down our throats as well. I, I think, I think the, the, the problem that I have with capitalism is that like, hey, you know, socialism, it doesn't work and dictatorships, they suck because the citizens don't have right. Capitalism is the answer to how to run an economy. And it's like, actually, no, like we're still, I think, I think figuring out how best to, to operate a country, operate an economy, treat everyone right, is still like an ongoing thing that we have not arrived at a solution. And I find that a lot of what you might hear is that, you know, from, from its proponents, from the people who who say capitalism's good, is that like, oh, no, it's the solution. Like, we figured it out. We're done. You know, and it's like, that's not the case. It's just like, maybe, and I, I don't, this is not my opinion, but maybe it is the best answer we have so far but we shouldn't stop there because it's benefiting some people majorly and, and it seems like it's benefiting some people very minorly I, I don't feel like we've arrived there and we need to keep working at uh, uh, to find that answer because I don't think we found it I, I think I think you're you're right Bo it touch, touching on what I said earlier when I sort of contract contrasting us and growing up in Canada to the United States um, the United States has has tied in essentially their their uh, um, entire identity with freedom, democracy, and and that is only obtainable through what they believe is is, is essentially unchecked capitalism, and 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 what you're talking more about here, and what what I firmly agree with you is that there needs to be checks and balances. Uh, at its core, it seems like a re a really good system. But there needs to be some sort of involvement of you know of the state or or there's ways that we can refine it so that it, it, it you know the I would contrast the Canadian model with the American model, but even I get the Canadian model can be improved. Um, and it's not it's not this it's not the same, and it's it's one of the reasons why during the great you know the big uh, housing crash uh, earlier this century where. Where uh, essentially capitalism ran amok, unchecked, uh, mortgages uh, were being given to people who could not afford them uh, on houses. Banks were, you know, betting against 
um, uh, them failing to pay their mortgage. Uh, everything just fell apart. The wheels came off. That didn't happen in Canada due to regulations uh, that we have on our financial systems. So I do think that like while capitalism uh, – I can't think of another – system that would work as well uh, as it, uh, it definitely needs some tweaks. Well, it, 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 it is interesting, the state involvement in, in capitalism. And so <clears throat> a lot of, especially right-wingers in the states, and not just conservatives but also libertarians, um, are, tend to be in favor of totally free markets. Uh, and, it's, and it's interesting because – and this is, again, where I have my issues with, with, with the current model of capitalism. And it's not ju- just the states. It's other places too. Um, so, for example, the, since the 1980, early 1980s, um, there's been a push in, in to, to deregulate. And this has happened in Canada as well as in the states, more so in the states. Deregulate. Let markets be free. These are, that's pure capitalism, right? Um, and, and they've been cont- – and, and still there's the call for deregulation. Even in the wake of the financial crisis, which is when markets, as you say, Crawford, run amok, yet still uh, politicians on the right are still saying we need less regulation to boost the economy back up. It's happening in this country. It's happening in the States. But th- why it makes me so angry is also so back to that housing crisis. Uh, the ba- all these big banks failed in the States and the taxpayer um, bailed them out. So <clears throat> the way capitalism it, – it, See, like I think that in in itself, it runs on a boom bust cycle, but because we live in a society, we don't want to be constantly dragged down into recession or depression all the time. We try to regulate things or we try to bail them out, and it seems like in the in the current system, um, the 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 sort of the capitalists, for lack of a better term, the people with the wealth uh, who are able to move capital around always benefit. They can get the political buy-in to deregulate because they say, oh, it'll create jobs. It helps everyone. We all say, okay, let's vote for that because we all want good jobs, blah, blah, blah. Deregulate. Uh, drive up, you know, a commodity till it busts and the whole system collapses, and say, okay, well, we can't. We, the whole we we need taxpayers to bail us out because the whole system is going to collapse. So really, it's like they they use socialism when it when it helps them, and then they try to destroy it when it hinders them, and that's essentially what's happened. So uh, to keep capitalism afloat in this boom bust cycle when we want stability, but it's inherently not that stable. It goes up and down as markets do. We're, we're kind of at the behest of people with, with money. So as a taxpayer, we're always going to come to aid them and we're always going to lose out to them as well when, when, it, when it hinders them. It's, I, I don't know how you find that balance between the state and markets. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I don't think there's a balance to be achieved. I think because often the conversation is one of you know government regulation getting in the way of business progressing. I mean, is that, that's usually what it is. You very rarely see here of a company being like... Um, you know, very willingly being like, yeah, government regulation, bring it on. We want all the regulation possible. We want, we want, uh, you know, they they would prefer minimal interference. I mean, isn't that right, Mike? Yeah, and it's it it is interesting because it it gets such buy-in, I think, with voters because. The idea being that if you deregulate, you make it easier for businesses to grow, for the economy to grow. And everyone says, well, if the economy is growing, we're all better off. There's better jobs. There's all this, you know, all these things f- come out of that. But there's also problems 
there's also problems come along with that. The other, one of the other key things about capitalism is the concept of scarcity, um, which comes back to supply and demand and, and things like that. But unfortunately, human beings and human labor falls into that as well. So, um, you know, across North America, we're seeing declining um, uh, salaries and uh, more part-time work, especially in the states. Also. In Canada, much on the increase because labor is abundant. Um, so really, and if uh, the market sets value on that, uh, saying okay, well, there's lots of labor available, so the, the 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 cost of labor should go down. But unfortunately, there's human beings on the other end of that. People that that, that rely on their labor is all they have to make an income. But if there's a lot of labor, well, it's not worth very much. And then what ends up happening is you have wealth inequality, and that's where we're at. So. You know, again, but that's what a free market will will do is it will value something, and and human beings, unfortunately, were commodities like everything else. And I think people would always say, "No, we're no, you're not." But really, no, we sort we are. are. Yeah, no, I, I agree that we are. I, I, it's funny because of like we're so used to this way of thinking. I think that we don't stop and and think about all the little ways that this sort of uh, thing is is terrible like i have a personal anecdote that this conversation has made me think of when i was uh 18 i worked at you may know this restaurant mcdonald's and they sell garbage food right but let's just say it's a free country (laughs) unless they want to sponsor us in which case we will take their money (laughs) over one billion served um no but if you know, they sell garbage food, but fine, it's free country. If someone wants to make garbage food and sell it quickly and have a fast food restaurant, okay, this is a business plan. But um, I worked in the kitchen, and one of the things that they do is that they, you know, they don't they don't make food to order. At least maybe they do now. I doubt it. Um, you know, I you might prep a certain amount of hamburger patties and chicken, McChicken patties and nuggets in anticipation for selling them. But invariably, so you might get like 50 patties ready and, and 30 McChicken patties ready. And um, they have a lifespan of 30 minutes in this steamer that apparently keeps them fresh for 30 minutes. It's very gross, by the way. But after that period of time is done, you, you throw it out. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we'd have a bunch, like there'd be a pile of food that we made, cooked, and that we've thrown out. And so the animals have died to, you know, presumably, even if it's like 2%, we're killing, we're using the resources of the world to have a hamburger ready just in case someone orders it. And it's like, that is, and, and it's in the name of, well, we're a fast food service in order to sell fast food. We have to, we can't make it to order because it'll take too long. And why don't people just go to regular restaurants where they cook to order? No, this is our business model. So, you know, yes, it creates waste. And it's like part of that waste are living things that are dying um, just for the privilege of you as a human being to order fast food in case you want it and not have to wait more than two or three minutes to get it. It's disgusting. Like if you take a real philosophical view of that, to like McDonald's is one of the most capital, iconic capitalist companies in the world. And one of the ways that it does business is to have, you know, resources, food that we've worked hard for at the ready to waste because you want your food fast. It's actually quite infuriating. And I feel like that was my first real eye-opening lesson at 18 about capitalism. And because it, it works for them, right? Like so they, they can charge a price where, oh, they're sure. not, where they're still making money and having that fast turnaround. It's not Which, illegal, so we're allowed to do it. But Man, one thing, like I really, really I was, like some McDonald's right now. You, <laughs> <laughs> not me. After hearing the steamer story, though, I have enjoyed me some McDonald's in the past. Um, but uh, um, one thing I was not to just 
you know, I could crap on <laughs> aspects of capitalism a lot, a lot. Uh, but earlier I was mentioning how it's still in a very effective system for doing certain things. And one way I heard it put, which is a good way to look at it, is to be like, so you go into a store, think, uh, think about you go into a store and you buy a can of beans, okay, a can of beans, yeah. and it costs what, $2. So think about that, $2. So when you look at that can of beans, so someone had to grow those beans somewhere on a farm, harvest them, uh, prep them for canning. Uh, someone had to mine the tin. It had to then go into a machine, be made into a tin can, f- uh, cleaned, filled w- filled with beans from the farm, sealed. Um, you know, someone had to design a label, put it on the can. Then it had to go in a truck, go to your wherever you live, anywhere in the world, and be on a store shelf for two dollars. Foresters so- had to cut down trees to make that paper too. Yeah, exactly. But but the point is, if you think of all those things, and then you said like, now say you as an individual, you're like, hmm, I'm going to start Mike's own canned bean company, and I try to go and do everything myself, uh, and grow the beans and mine the tin. Like it just like very quickly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very quickly, it does not work. But capitalism, and what people say that that, that props it up is that it it finds efficiency. So as much as you were saying like there's a lot of waste in it when the business model works in a certain way, it also can find efficiency. In itself, by you know, mass production of this, yeah, that's that, true. Division, yeah. division of labor can bring prices down. And okay, so let me say, yeah, let me but, expound on that example with it with an example of my own. All right, so so that can that's two dollars that's two dollars here uh, is is in the in the Arctic Canadian territories. Um, Twenty dollars, right? Let's say, due to the the cost of shipping, stocking, and the fact that companies there might also be able to charge whatever they want because there are very few stores in which you can buy your can of beans. So, the government of Canada, our government, gets involved and they say, "All right, we need to find a way to reduce prices um, in the north because it's too expensive." Because if capitalism was left unchecked, the the the, the Essentially, what everybody who lives in the north, who who mans you know uh, northern stations or, or or Aboriginal communities in the north, would have to leave because essentially capitalism would dictate that you know food is too expensive to to ship up there, so you have to come, you have to vacate that that space. But if you're going to stay there, then we need to find some way to subsidize the food. So they provide. The government decides to provide retailers with incentive, you know, to in what's known right now in this fairly controversial Canada, the Nutrition North program, in which they say, okay, you know what, you you um, uh, we're going to cut you a break on on a lot of costs with relates relation to shipping. The government might do it for you, might cut you all sorts of costs. These companies save a bunch of money, and and what are they doing? In large part, they're charging the same amount as they charged before. Why? Capitalism. Because they're saying, hey, this is great. The government is giving us a, a, a rebate because they think we're going to pass it on to the customer, but there's no nothing that requires us to pass it on to the customer. Uh, you know, capitalism, we'll still sell it for what people are used to paying for it, and we'll, we'll cop that rebate ourselves and make money, right? So – Essentially, these companies are 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 saying are saying, 
what what's important to us? Not feeding Northerners. Not you know what's important to us is making the most amount of money possible. And you could argue that they're not having long term vision in, in that planning. They're not saying, hey, it'd be really good if people were around for quite a while to pay for our food. Um, the, instead, instead they they're just like gouging gouging people and benefiting from a government system based on the fact that you know what? Let's make the most money possible. That's what capitalism. Oh, the best shareholders money. want. They want to. They want to go to their shareholders and be like, look at our, we have a growth. Well, <laughs> you know, like good news. An, yeah, well, like, exactly. And another another example that's quite uh, timely about this is that <laughs> I saw some news article and I was talking earlier about the price of oil, which has gone way down um, recently because there's been a glut on the market. And then so uh, an article attached to that is like airlines poised to make giant profits because now their fuels costs are less, but because they've already established a market where demand for air travel is still high, um, and and because at one point those prices got driven up because of the commodity cost of fuel was expensive, so they had to pass it along to the customer. The demand's still there for air travel, but now the commodity prices has reduced, uh, but yet the demand's still there for the flight. So they don't exactly as you say, Croft, and it's the same example. They they're not going to reduce <laughs> their. Uh, um, their their cost to the customer, they're just going to collect extra profits because the demand's still there, and they've just done. It's been great for them because now they have a savings on commodities. The only way they're going to shift back is if people stop flying and the de- and the demand decreases, so they have to reduce the price to to get the demand back up. But that's not going to happen. So there's all these ways for capital to just like suck the profit out of places, and 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 these, some of these examples, like it sounds just you know um heartless right and it's and it's because it's market dictated and if and if your aim is to always you were mentioning about keep your shareholders happy happy maximize profits there's always a way to do that even when it's not for the greater good which it often isn't uh, it sometimes is uh, but it often isn't and and i think that's kind of the problem there there's so many benefits that have come with capitalism like but there's all these negatives and you can't like there's no way government can regulate quick enough to keep up markets change overnight hugely and governments move extremely slowly so having proper government regulation to like follow markets is basically impossible so if you're a capitalist you're always going to do well if you have the money to engage if you have the money to in, to invest if you're a captain of industry you're always going to do pretty well uh, but if you're people like us who are essentially just commodities where all we have to sell is our labor we're just always going to get by and and that's how it is and Crofton, as you pointed out we're pretty well off here in Canada even though still you know we sell the majority of our time for our labor um to live a pretty good life but most places in the world people do not live a very good life for the for their labor they just you know they, it it's also highly exploitative capitalism is there's there's always someone uh, whose labor is extremely cheap you don't have to worry about them, um, and you can maximize your profit by moving your manufacturing, say, to Bangladesh or something, where there are no regulations and labor is extremely cheap and life's cheap, uh, and you keep your shareholders happy. So, yeah, it's just the great. In the, the, one of them, sort of, not the great lie, but the great illusion of capitalism, and and this is sort of what grinds my gears, and you see this in the states a lot. Is is it? I call it kind of like the lottery effect, and it, it it's you know when you buy a lottery ticket, there's it comes with extremely low odds that you're going to win the lottery, but 
people still buy it because they think, man, what if I did win the lottery, right? And in capitalism, you have to wonder how in many cases, like a very few amount of robber baron type uh, wealthy individuals are able to succeed on the backs of so many poor folk. And and sometimes the reason is as simple as um, the poor folk believe that at one point, if they work hard or if they come up with a good idea, if they put their notes to the grindstone, they themselves will become rich. So the the desire is to to have the most capital to be to become rich and all the benefits that come with being rich, and and that anybody and this is the American dream, right? That anybody can become rich uh, with the right amount of gumption and wherewithal, they're going to strike it big, right? And I think that maybe once upon a time that may have been somewhat true especially as when america was a new country and all this now it's 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 you know money is is passed on uh it's it's um commodities are 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 often uh earned through virtual trading or or things that aren't of necessary tangible value uh, and it's just i i feel like we've reached an era of unchecked capitalism that is somewhat toxic yeah, and I think we talked earlier uh, an episode quite a while ago about uh, taxation, and uh, we all agreed that it was good to make societies run and all that. And I think that at least in the current paradigm, you know, uh, capitalism is certainly necessary. I can't. Um, I, I feel like at some point someone will will devise a better system, and that might not be for hundreds of years. Right now, we're we're attached to capitalism, <clears throat> but the only real way to keep it in check is through taxation. It's not through regulation. I mean, regulation, yes, it has its place, uh, but it's so slow moving and markets move so quickly. The only effective way is to uh, to keep wealth and inequality uh, from growing constantly uh, is uh, is to is to tax the right. Places and I think unfortunately we're also in this era of tax is a dirty word. We talked about in our other episode. Everyone hates being taxed, and everyone feels like taxation means them. So they don't. They, we all want to get taxes lower, and unfortunately that just leads to the cyclical thing of unchecked capitalism. Yeah, well, they, you know, if they're not paying taxes for. <laughs> I don't know if they're if they're not contributing. To, you know, you talked about that rebate in the north, and it's like that money's got to come from somewhere. It's coming from the people. It's like it should be coming from not just us. Like companies should be footing the bill. Well, it's, it's what yeah, it's what I was saying earlier. Like they'll benefit. You know, companies and private industry will always benefit from the social purse when they need it, and make sure to quash it when it when it hurts them. Yeah. So it, it always works out in their favor. Yeah, you know, and and they they are like they have a modus operandi, 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 and that's like you know primarily profiting, and not so much doing uh, you know ethical things in the world. That's that comes only if there's going to be a PR nightmare coming around the corner. Basically, um, all right, are we I, ready to get into verdicts? Or? I just have one more. Yeah, I'm pretty much am. I just read this thing. Have you guys heard of this guy Thomas Piketty? Piketty. Piketty, no. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He's a Piketty. French economist, French nope. economist who's, who wrote a book recently called Capital in the 21st Century. And I read a bit of the introduction the other day. Um, it's interesting because he's a prominent economist uh, and he's basically saying that inequality is killing capitalism, which is an interesting take on it. I haven't read the book, so I shouldn't. So I, I I may read it at some point, but at this point, I've just read the uh, the the introduction. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, he's been raked over the coals by lots of right leaning free market people being like, "Oh, you know, t- 
taxation and and trying to level out the wealth inequality. Uh, that's you know you socialist kind of thing. Whereas he's saying that's what we need to save to save capitalism. And uh, there was an example in the introduction. He talks about some. Um, Early thinkers on this kind of stuff, uh, including uh, uh, Malthus, who was big on like you guys know like about carrying capacity and, and issues, things like that. So essentially, like the land or population can only be supported by what the carrying capacity is. But the ex- an example that he cited was sort of like you have landlords, and so as population grows, and and that's an aspect growth in, in capitalism. As population grows, so say you have land, say you have England, and this was the thinking at the time. You have England, uh, and population keeps growing, but you have finite amount of land. Uh, so as more people go grow, uh, grow, land becomes more scarce. And therefore, as a commodity, it is uh, increasingly valued. So if you're a land ho- holder or a landlord, you can always charge more rent. Um, and, and, and that essentially that just – so that can show you how unchecked capitalism quickly gets out of control. Because if you have finite land, certain amount of landlords, and always less land that is always worth more, all, the landlords essentially can withdraw unlimited capital from it. And and that's what he was kind of saying in, in that why wealth inequality inevitably happens and why it needs to be readjusted or else you just wind up with – the two poles, you know, and, and I feel like that's the thing about capitalism is it unchecked. It just it, it just eventually splits us apart in that you have a super elite rich with t- all the capital and this masses of like the poor. <laughs> yeah. Who are also in the system, right? Like because um, yep. you're encouraged to build your own capital and the most prominent piece of capital that almost everyone builds, a lot of people do, is your house. Buy a house. It's your house. That's your piece of the world in this country that the government ratifies as belonging to you. And then once you get your house, maybe you get a second house. Maybe you get some rental properties or you don't. But it's also ingrained in our personal lives as much as it is in the commercial world, I think. All right. uh, So we're going to get to verdicts. I think I can go first on this one, and I'll let you guys have it after. Uh, I th- I think you kind of dovetail with what I was going to say as part of my verdict there, Mike, which is that property is theft. Uh, that's my sort of I, I don't I can't remember. Um, I like the expression that uh, property is theft in in the sense that you know we we you know someone could just walk into your house and say with a gun and say get out or we kill you all and if you hadn't there's no law enforcement i don't know aside from fighting there wouldn't be anything you know it'd be theft but if you possess you know if if the community at large says yes you own that and if you want people to use it you have the right to extort you know goods and services from them it's kind of like a legitimized version of a uh, form of theft and i think that you know I think there's a lot to be thankful for when it comes to capitalism, as Mike pointed out. You know, there's it helps stimulate growth. It helps stimulate. It helps invest people in a system that's there to you know with positive endeavors to help people succeed and reward everyone with uh, with with income essentially to you know have to build their own capital to provide for their own family. But by the same token, I feel like the system is flawed in that when there is an extreme. Uh, when there's a moral dilemma at hand, like, for example, we all have cell phones and computers and it's all wonderful, but no one's stopping to think, like, on the broader picture, what are we doing to ourselves? No one's having that conversation because no one can because no one is in, is in charge. And, you know, we don't have dictators, so it's not like – but but the larger discussion does not happen, 
you know, has to happen maybe in universities or outside in in, the, in a different context. It doesn't happen. You know, no one at Apple is going, what are we really doing to the world? I mean, we're solving one problem at a time, but are we, should we stop? You know, and, and I don't think there are serious meetings that happen because they can't because that's not what they're built for. But um, I think I think this can be harmful to us as, as, as a community as we try and figure out what's best for us. So for that reason, I'm going to have to say that like there's definitely a lot of things that capitalism has given to me that I benefit from, but there's a lot of crap and we haven't found the right answer in terms of, you know, a structure for a society that ensures our freedom and quality of life and that, you know, doesn't cause as many problems as it creates. Uh, so I'm going to say that capitalism is bullshit. Hmm, bullshit. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> just as you were talking about, it, it, occur- it occurred to me, just <laughs> capitalism. Um, you talked about Apple and phones and things like that. And, yeah. that was, and also this talk about capitalism, like as in, you know, it, it breeds, like the, as a positive people, like it breeds innovation. And that's kind of true, but it's also kind of not true. So things like your phone, which basically... Or, you know, they call it planned obsolescence. Like your phone's going to be good for two years. Uh, I mean, they could probably make a phone that lasts forever. But if you're a smart capitalist, you'd rather have one that breaks in two years and that you got to buy a new one because that'll keep you buying. And that's what it's all about in the end is keeping you buying. So uh, taking a step back and looking at the whole thing, I, I feel like okay, I'm going to make an analogy, which is maybe a bit of a stretch <laughs> here, but it's kind of how I feel about capitalism where it's like, I love it and you have to thank it for a bunch of stuff in one sense and the other side uh, of the coin, it's also the worst thing. So capitalism's like the sun. So the sun, you know, we need it to live. It, 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 it's built it, – it's built, everything on the planet that's alive owes itself to the sun. But eventually the sun is going to destroy us all. It's going to go supernova and, and destroy the earth and the solar system. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> and I feel a little bit the same about capitalism. It's to build our modern society. There's no doubt about it. You, you can't – we would not be where we are without capitalism. It, it was necessary to get us here. Uh, we owe our society to its existence. And – I think it's going to destroy us eventually. Um, it's at least going to going to bring about its own destruction, and it's there's going to be a paradigm shift at some point because it is unsustainable in the way that it is. So it's funny because, and and I find it really difficult to give this this one uh, a verdict because there's so many like clear negatives that 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 come about because of capitalism, and also a lot of clear positives. Uh, and I think that you know all you have to think about with capitalism is that capitalism is great if you have capital. So if you have capital and you can buy a factory that produces stuff and earns you money, great. You know, why wouldn't you love capitalism? But as most people are born in the world with very limited capital and, uh, you know, they're, they're ne- you're never going to get ahead really in capitalism. Hopefully we have a system where, where, it's, where it's balanced enough by government to just keep, you know, keep us living relatively comfortable even though we still essentially, you know, work our whole lives just to get by for somebody else. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Bo on this one and say capitalism is bullshit. Big pile of steam and bullshit, but uh, it had had its place. Boo. Um, yeah, I think that both of you guys make interesting points, and it it is interesting that neither of you said bad, uh, despite our 
you know, listing of a zillion bad things that stem from capitalism. And spoiler alert, I'm not going to say it's bad either. And uh, part of that has to do with what I touched on earlier, which is the fact that this is what I've grown up with. This is what I know. And honestly, my life is pretty good. Would I like to live? Would I change it to live under socialism? Would I change it to live under uh, communism or fascism or any other ism? Probably not. Like it, it, it works. It works for me and it has worked for my life. I benefited from uh, uh, being born in a great country with uh, great circumstances um, that I, I recognize. But I, I don't, I'm not going to be one to get on my pulpit and sort of like shit on the it shit in the hand that feeds me essentially by by saying you know it it's crap and and you know i everything sucks about capitalism and this sort of thing i don't think i don't think that's true and i think like bo touched he mentioned how how uh, you know it harms more than it hurts uh, I, I, it, it harms more than it than, than it provides uh benefit in return. I don't I don't think that's true. I think that it benefits generally more people than it than it necessarily harms. Um maybe I'm naive in thinking that, but like I'm definitely one of the people that it has benefited. However, I do agree with my, what Mike and Bo are saying with regards to um it being bullshit uh, because I think it it totally is one of those things where um where it has a ton of things right with it, but a ton of things wrong with it, and it could be better. And for that reason, I I have to agree with both of them and, and make it a full sweep of bullshit. All right, triple bullshit on the capitalism front. That's sort of what I thought was going to happen, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't decide until the very end there. I wanted to hear what everyone had to say. Because there are definitely positive things that I enjoy, benefit from as a result of capitalism, I'm quite sure. It's funny because it's one of those things where it's like I my gut really wants to say it's bad, but when I just objectively can think of try to think about it rationally, I mean like, okay, there are all these positive things. I can't just uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. I also think, and Crofton, you mentioned this a few times that we're. we're it's it's all we really know, and I think that it, we're kind of you know it's difficult to get out of that. Like, um, you know, I, and I I, I kind of also feel like it's like if you were sort of like a merchant class uh, in the like Middle Ages, you might be like, oh, life's not so bad. At least I'm not a serf, and you know, the king's <laughs> all right. <laughs> and and because you can't think anything better, you're just like, well, you know what? Okay, it could be worse or whatever. Even if you're a serf, you're like, well, well, you know, I've got we got are, me I've we, got me hut. We're indoctrinated. <laughs> You know, it's it's hard to think of a new system. Um, so I don't know. I think bullshit was the right one as well for that. But yeah. Oh, oh, hey, you guys hear that? The hell? There's a little birdie coming to bring us some mail. Oh my! Whose God. house is that in? Wow. Um, I guess it's my house. I have a mailbox where birds like to visit when there's mail, but there isn't often mail. But we got mail today. Sweet. Wow. Um, so we have a, a, an email from listener Tracy. Oh, hey, Tracy. hey, Tracy. We've heard from Tracy before. We like Tracy. Hello. We do. Um, she says, hi, guys. I prepared for a GBB marathon as I shoveled out from the recent accumulation of snow. <laughs> I replayed the public transportation podcast as I thought it was a fitting, you know, uh, she thought it was fitting, uh, shoveling an exit for my gas-guzzling Jeep so I can drive only myself around. <laughs> I also wanted 
to listen to the new Flip Flop podcast, which was last <laughs> week's episode, actually. I must say that other than the Cat podcast, which is forever my favorite, this one came in at a strong second. It was funny, and I found myself laughing at the lack of love for Flip Flops. I must admit that they are my favorite footwear and that from May until October, I wear very little else. I should note that I do not pair them with a Hawaiian shirt, but I have acquired, but she has acquired the skill to run in flip-flops, which to me is amazing. Uh, Impressive. Yeah. So she just wanted to add to the flip-flop discussion that there are some very clean and well-made flip-flops. I have a Birkenstock pair which live up to the legendary Birkenstock quality, and I have a sporty pair made by La Sportiva. Both are well-made, have arch supports, have, and have lasted several years with very little care needed. So, I understand that there are dollar store flip-flops out there, which also make me cringe, but that crappy footwear is evident in every market. So, I, you know, maybe I need to expand my flip-flop horizons. What do you guys think? I definitely like your Tracy voice. You like my Tracy voice? Yeah. Would, I would do it like this. I'm I... Tracy, and I love flip-flops so much. I'm just really trying to enunciate a lot. I, you know, I didn't. Well, wanna... you are reading a letter. Yeah. It's funny because I can't take Tracy seriously because I'm picturing her in flip-flops right now, and she obviously is some kind of loafing slacker because <laughs> that's who yeah, people they're... wear flip-flops to do. But they're just she... loafing around on the beach all day. She has legendary like legendary flip-flops she was shoveling out her jeep in snow in flip-flops did you not hear the and the then letters? running for the bus in the flip-flops afterwards <laughs> wait wait no i don't think so i think she wears flip-flops in the summer but um you know i would that be wasn't very, clear I, I think i i listened to our flip-flop episode and i came down pretty harshly on flip-flops almost like i could see how it would be almost annoying because it's such a benign topic that um i'd be willing to you know buy an expensive pair of flip-flops for the privilege of, of, of seeing, you know, uh, how I was wrong. So, uh, Tracy, if you can make a recommendation on a great place to go, like like a, a page or something, I'd be willing to give them a shot. Tracy, um, thank you so much for sending an email so that we could all discuss flip-flops further because <laughs> I, I was... The topic of our generation. And I was the... Uh, the one who loved the flip-flops so i like to have somebody on team flip-flop thanks so much for that <laughs> i really i really enjoyed recording that episode with you guys i have to say it was also fun for us thank you tracy uh so if you'd like to send an email and uh talk to us about uh your opinions on the subject of capitalism which was a pretty weighty topic or something you know on the light side like flip-flops email us at goodbadbull at gmail.com and we'd love to read your message on the air or just accept your feedback about the show um finally if you want to find out more about the show you can visit our snazzy website uh, the website can be found goodbadbull.com there you'll see links to subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher and of course you can just listen straight from the site um additionally please uh we'd appreciate if you'd follow us on facebook or like us on facebook and follow us on twitter on twitter we're at goodbadbull all right guys uh for listeners want to find out more about you crofton where can our listeners uh, find out what you're up to? They can find me trying to increase the supply and demand of my Twitter account at Croft and Steers on Twitter. All right. Sounds like a capitalist dream. And Michael, uh, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they find you? Well, I'm I'm currently waiting for a government bailout for my Twitter account because it's kind of busted a while ago. So uh, I think that's going to come through <laughs> eventually. And then they can listen to my tweets at ML Hodgins. Oh, man. Twitter subsidies. That'll be the day <laughs> you can find me at Bo Schwartz alright uh, so 
uh, as we uh, wrap up the show, I'm just kind of curious about uh, if you have like a favorite company, a favorite capitalist company, or one that you. <laughs> <laughs> it's most hated, though. That's what it is. Okay, which one and do you hate the most? And the answer is always Monsanto, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Are you done? We could hear yeah. you peeing. You didn't everything. mute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was super distracting. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'll be right back. And then it's like, rip, bang, bang, bang. Your phone's vibrating like crazy. I, I thought I normally hit mute first. I normally hit mute. Yeah, it's I know. I figured, but it's like. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious.